Imagine if you had places to be though. You would have snapped Fact. back just as quick as her. Imagine, okay, cool, Listen, you're friendly, right? You know what? Jay Z got a show at Khan's <laughs> Festival <laughs> over in uh, Ibiza. <laughs> Before they get in your business, be in charge of your business. Own it cause it's your business. Your business, business. Handle all of your business. Value all of your business. You say your money, your business. What's up, good people? We're back at it again with Montgomery and Company, and it's summer, summer, summertime. Actually, it's not summertime, but I'm hyping. I like that song. We have Pauline Fromer coming on, who's a best-selling author and editorial director of Fromer Guidebooks, which is all your travel needs. It's all in there. Then we have Holly Rowe coming on, and listen... This woman covers all sports, basketball, softball, football, you name it. But she's coming on to talk WNBA, the season openers. She's covering the game, so she's all the way tapped in. And then it's Mother's Day coming up. So we talked ways we're becoming our mothers, just like that progressive commercial. And last week, we said we were going to talk conspiracy theories, and we did exactly that. Don't judge us, y'all. Tap in. Let's go. What's up, good people? Happy Cinco de Mayo celebrate 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 but do it responsibly it's a lit week okay so for me it's like the real season is starting now like when I say the real season I mean the WNBA season is really starting this week but let me give you some little playoff news some NBA playoff news so John Morant is one of the few and when I say few there's only two other people that's done it and it's Kobe and LeBron but he's one of the few people that have had the most 45 point games at the age of 22 or under it's wild out here Luca also had a 45 point game but the Suns like it's just it just doesn't look good for the Mavs in that series but Luca did drop 45 other news that was going on is that I saw Dave Chappelle got tackled on stage and first of all that's got to be terrifying that fans are just coming on stage and wilding out but Dave Chappelle's security handled it as a security should so I hope the fans I don't know what's going on with fans coming onto the court chaining themselves to different things tackling people hitting people like I don't know what's going on but we already talked about fan etiquette people well I guess they're not even fans I shouldn't even call them fans but etiquette at events we have to get back to it and speaking of events the Met Gala had their event going on recently and the theme was gilded glamour and that produced a lot of kilts on the red carpet including Russell Westbrook who we know is known for his fashion sense so he was out there kilting it up and he was standing tough like yeah what's up so we saw a lot of that going on Kim Kardashian was wore Marilyn Monroe's dress I think I can't remember, but there was a lot going on. But what was really going on that got a lot of people's attention that was really shocking to me that's happening in 2022. I just can't believe it. Roe versus Wade might be getting overturned. Cole, you might have to do a make it make sense on this one because Roe versus Wade getting overturned in 2022 sounds like a joke that would be on like The Onion or one of those fake sites that are just not real. But it sounds funny. It sounds crazy enough that, man, it would be scary if that happened. I saw a lot of Handmaid's Tale all over the place because it's like it's very scary. If you watch the show, it's getting very scary. Bel-Air. Now, y'all know we had the EP on here earlier, but Bel-Air broke Peacock's streaming record and is gearing up for season two. Will Smith will still be executive producer on that project. Yes, yes, there's a lot going on. We're going to talk about some of those things, but tap in with us. Let's get it.
Okay, so last week, the topic of conspiracy theories came up. Wasn't it you, Serena, that dropped the conspiracy theory that Elon Musk and Donald Trump are working together to take over Twitter (laughs) and bring it back? Well, I just wanted to have an update on that conspiracy theory. Donald Trump responded to it because so many people must have said it. And he said, no, no, I will not be joining back on Twitter. I have Truth Social that I'm starting on my own. So I will not be going to Twitter. So that was his answer to that. A lot of people think that if Truth Social does not work out the way he thinks it'll work out, that he will, in fact, be back on Twitter. Elon Musk has stated a lot about free speech. His first day, as I guess, of his overtaking, he put a lot of tweets out about how freedom of speech matters. So Hmm. everybody has their own conspiracy theories. Like, it's just a theory that you think may be wild, but is it so wild? So I wanted to ask the group. I always like to pick the minds of this group around me because we got some beautiful minds on here. And I'm going to start with Cole because Cole actually has a question involving conspiracy theories. Cole? Yeah, I want to know why... We never see Biggie, but everyone sees Tupac. Like, of a conspiracy (laughs) theory of everybody sees Tupac in these most random places. I mean, they come, it comes up all the time. We see people who look older. They're like, this is Tupac. Look at his teeth, look at his face, look at his hair. Why are we not seeing any Biggie conspiracies? I don't understand (laughs) why we don't see Biggie. Like, we see Tupac. So, you saying like they said that Tupac is still alive? That kind of theory where people are saying like he's still alive somewhere? Like where he's hiding out in Cuba or something? Yeah. What? How is he still alive? And Biggie's, I don't understand why it's a difference in why one person is still walking around and the other's not. If y'all have some answers, let me know. Because I just keep seeing these Tupac sightings. You know, I, I do be seeing those Tupac lookalikes too. I mean, not even that, but then even with the Super Bowl, they were trying to say that Tupac was standing in the back of the, I mean, I've seen them. What? It's it's wild. It's wild. So my question is, why are there no Biggie conspiracies like there are Tupac conspiracies? I just, I'm that's my question. I'm just asking. Well, probably maybe because of size. Maybe it's harder to see Biggie because he's so big. So he would take up more space. <laughs> so people would. Mom, would, I, what would, is going on? I am not accepting that answer. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, I'm what? not accepting that answer because you would saying. think that he would be easier to spot because Biggie <laughs> had a certain look. He just did. He had a certain look. Maybe it's he like, had too distinct of a look. I mean, well, that I, might be. He couldn't have just been in regular crowds and places like that but Tupac can't either I mean I, you know what to that point Cole, I'm not gonna lie there's a Tupac lookalike running around on the internet because yeah, I, I remember too. when they was gonna make this Tupac show he did a full out campaign to make him the Tupac in the Tupac show I mean he had the look he had the tattoos there was really this dude out here so I feel like I've seen a lot of people that could be Tupac lookalikes and to that point even if it's a dude that's built like Bicky, like he had you such a distinct look. Yeah. I ain't seen no other Biggie lookalike. I'm just surprised if there's a Tupac lookalike out there that he hasn't hit up Jada yet. Bye, Snook. <laughs> next. All right, we're moving I on to the next series. Here she the comes. Who else got a theory? <laughs> oh. that, that, that Tupac guy who lookalike, he ended up being the Tupac in the movie. You oh, are wow. Right. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the All Eyes yeah, yeah, yeah. He got the job. He was just like popping up. Yeah, he took acting classes. Salute to that brother. Salute mm-hmm. to that brother. He be on uh, the, the TV show on Netflix or CW, uh, All Americans. Oh yeah, we, we love that show. Okay, see now 
mom. This is a lesson for everybody. Go try to do whatever you want to do. I saw his social media campaign and I was like, wow, he really does look like Tupac. And that man done really went out there and became Tupac. Shout out to him. Then he might be the one everybody citing. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Bye, Cole. I think uh, any other, any other conspiracy theories? <laughs> they just don't want to believe that any one of them are dead. But I think that Tupac was, people, you know, he, they kind of looked at him as like that political martyr, like where, nah, he can't go down. He's too smart, you know? So they don't want to accept the fact of what happened. But I don't know. Like to that point, is there some truth to those conspiracy oh, theories? Here we go. There you go. There you go. Conspiracy theory. Let me hear theory. it. Let me have it. What are y'all thinking about? I got one for you. Let's get it. Kurt Franklin uh-huh. is plies. What? Kurt Franklin is plies. You put <laughs> the hat on Kurt Franklin. Get so Juju! Put him on stage with Buster, baby. <laughs> What's plies? Kurt Franklin is plies. Plies, the, the rapper snook. So there's plies, the rapper. Oh. What's that song he says? Oh. Come here, baby. Like, y'all know plies, the rapper. He's saying jokes <laughs> on the internet, too. Exactly. <laughs> sweet That's sweet Saturdays. He got something called, like, Sweet Saturdays. Oh, you know what it is. Last Sweet Saturdays. <laughs> It's sweet two syllables Saturdays. Yeah. Sweet Saturdays. And then Kurt that Franklin, you know, that's what there's, there's, they could be brothers. I'm just saying. Are you serious? They look that much alike? Nah, oh, yeah, that's no. Kirk. They himself. they look very much similar to each other. Maybe one is one is preaching that gospel and the other is preaching well, that maybe, gospel. Well, maybe that's, maybe that's his alter ego. Ooh, maybe. maybe. I mean, because he's a very talented musician, so maybe he feel like he could just dap on both sides, like dabble, oh, dabble on both sides. Maybe that's his alter ego. Wow! Stomp the devil. How about that? Stomp. <laughs> Sweet Saturdays, baby. Oh my God! Done. I love your theory. Does anybody else got a conspiracy theory for us? What you got? Yeah, I believe. Uh, yeah, I, this is an old school one. Uh, I believe that uh-huh. the NBA fixed the uh, 1985 NBA lottery <laughs> for the Knicks to get the number one pick, which was Patrick Ewing. I, I believe that to be so. And, and why do you believe that? I want like, what are your thoughts surrounding that? Oh, it, obviously, New York was a bumbling franchise at the time, you know, <laughs> and they needed the biggest market at the time to, you know, be better. So obviously, Ooh. they either had the the frozen envelope or they had the, the little corner of the envelope folded in. So. David Stern would know which envelope wow. to pick an envelope. Dang. New York Knicks. So, uh, wow, it was, it was that easy back then, too. It was that easy back then. It was right. very easy. He said the frozen envelope. He they said, and boom. nipped the quarter, did the puppy dog corner on one. But yeah, by some means, it. the NBA wanted to save the NBA as a whole organization. So they was like, we got to get our heavy hitters back at it again. New York is our biggest market or one of them, at least. We can't have them struggling. That what you think? Mm-hmm. You are exactly huh. right. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> might, listen, back then it was huh. easy enough to do that, too, because all it was paper. Things it was that paper. make you go. Hmm. <laughs> because if that's the case somebody should have passed me that frozen envelope do you want to build a snowman because I, <laughs> I pulled out the number three pick at the WNBA draft lottery shouts to our basketball crew that got us the number one pick anyway but there better not be no frozen puppy ear tags <laughs> that I didn't know about <laughs> right 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 they got eyes everywhere Renee yes okay who else Serena what was yours okay so I, I don't want the, the beehive or beehive you know to, to come after me but i believe that oh and, and this is just pure I'm speculation scared. i believe that beyonce was not pregnant 
the first time. I believe that she had a surrogate. I said it. I believe that Beyonce had a surrogate. Wow. The only reason I say this is because she looked too good three weeks after she <laughs> okay, had so that I baby. Like this. Okay. okay. I, I see where you're going. I, I just, I had a baby. I could not even walk in heels like she was and look all flat three weeks after <laughs> I had she the was, baby. Uh, oh, so her uh, snapback uh, was too quick. It was too quick. And her it was like either was she's an quick. alien or she had a surrogate. Like, I, I okay, so you know what? Look, Beehive, yes. that is Serena Grace's opinion. I, I love Queen Beehive. I love Queen Beehive. Okay. Beehive attack. Beehive, let me talk to you I, right I just, quick. She, what she's, she's just really too, too saying, because you know, I like to paraphrase what I think I'm receiving from these conspiracy theories. And what I've received from Serena is that we are really realizing that Beyonce is is like that. She's not normal. She got to be an alien because she's ain't not normal. She's like superhuman like or something. She's saying Serena said I had a baby and I tried to snap back and I couldn't even step out in heels. And Beyonce is dropping she's it like it's like hot flat in as can heels. be walk, walking with her heels three okay. weeks after the baby. I was like, you what? Oh my God! Beyonce, Beyonce got places and, to be though. That's no, the like, and she never showed herself pregnant. You be. don't, you don't see herself pregnant. Yeah, imagine if you had places to be though. You would have snapped Facts. back just as quick as her. Imagine, okay, cool, Listen, you're pregnant, right? You know what? But Jay Z got a show at Khan's festival <laughs> over in, in uh, uh, Ibiza. And she already ready to come back quick. Yeah, you're right. you gonna be able to send me again, right? He's gonna be, he's gonna suck. <laughs> Listen, like, uh-uh. she done already had to ring the alarm. She already made some lemonade. I believe it. She was going to snap back for the ladies. And then also, too, because she is, hey, Miss Carter. Another thing is, that. them snapbacks be for real because Cheyenne Parker that plays in the Atlanta Dream, when y'all I mean, watch I her playing Cheyenne this season, pregnant, so I believe she was pregnant. I, did, I didn't see Beyonce I, pregnant, I, so okay, I don't can't. Keep it on. I, don't I, say I it again. Be, don't say it again. Beyonce, Cheyenne. She said, don't repeat it. Cheyenne, Cheyenne, when y'all watch her play this season, know that Cheyenne has a little bitty nugget that is a doll baby. But Cheyenne is still running around on that court just That's like right. everybody else y'all better if clap I didn't for see that Cheyenne woman when y'all myself, see her I would be like oh man oh I Mm-mm. clap for her every time I see her Miss <laughs> Parker salute to you you know what I'm saying y'all better clap for no Cheyenne that snapback is yes. real so Amen. that's a shout out to the snapbacks of the ladies yes. Snooker Booker look like she got a conspiracy theory she waiting to say boy what is okay, it okay well I'm gonna piggyback off of Sam's with Uh-oh. the aliens you know uh, <laughs> we always hear these things about aliens and strange things are happening and they want to blame it on the aliens you know people are seeing things and they can't explain why or the wherefore so they always blame it on aliens so my conspiracy theory is since there's such a good scapegoat I want to start blaming everything on the aliens. So that's my conspiracy theory. I just told my granddaughter that an alien came in my house during the night and did something to my foot. And I don't know <laughs> what they did, but I just wish they would come back and fix it. So if you have anything that you need to blame on somebody, Lord use the conspiracy of theory of aliens. Because Let me tell you, so from what I hear, too, they're so. everywhere. So instead of saying the devil made me do it, she's going to say the aliens yes. made me do it. Okay, I was okay. about to say, I've heard Hey, you I think the movie I heard signs? this one. Stop they me they got if you've heard this control. before. Well, oh yeah. Here's <laughs> about the aliens. Aliens, imagine if you've seen a world that was going through all this disease and hunger and 
uh, Civil War and all that. Why would you land here? I wouldn't land <laughs> either. I hope over y'all. That reminds and me of this Peek me. in, peek out, and dip <laughs> off and tell it. No, and write my column for the Jupiter uh, newspaper. <laughs> no, that was yeah. me. Yeah. Like, I could be like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. This alien was like, I'm good. this week, y'all. Every time you turn around, an alien pops up somewhere. So, you know, they say alien. So I don't know. You know, maybe, you know, that's a conspiracy theory. You know, the older generation used to believe in ghosts and talk about different experiences they've had with the spirits. And, you know, you didn't know whether to believe it or not, you know. And I think I might have seen one just because they planted that in my mind that you saw a spirit. Yes. Yeah, they you believe it. They make you believe it because they say it so much that you start believing what you see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that's like aliens. You just believe it. So, yeah, if it happens and you see something strange going on, yep, it was an alien. Bet you by golly. We need a snook Ghostbuster shirt ASAP. Snook Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. And the Snook Underworld shirt. The Underworld. Oh Juju reminded me of this video that I saw and this girl, she was she was making pretend she was an alien and she was like, uh, can you guys please come get me off of Earth? This planet is so ghetto. It doesn't have anything <laughs> that we have back home. <laughs> that <laughs> was hilarious because he's right. He was like, aliens see everything happened over here. Like, oh, Earth's too ghetto for me. I'm going back. Was that a white girl that said that? Oh, this this planet is all ghetto. No, it was actually a black girl. She's a, it was a black content creator, so she was she had like the alien Snapchat filter, and so she. Oh, was, I see what yeah, she, she did was, there. She was like, I see what she was like there. Whenever I do get to meet you, we're going to have to get together and talk about our ghost stories because I absolutely do believe I saw oh. a ghost. Not once. I've seen two ghosts. Okay, oh. Snook, we're going to have to let you explain yourself on another episode about your ghost <laughs> I love stories. Ghost stories. Every time Snook is really about to come to life. Ghost flooded in my kitchen one time. I was like, what? We're going to have to bring ghost stories to the pod with this. Fact. Anybody else got any conspiracy theories? Last call for alcohol. VP looking like I'm not participating in this foolishness. <laughs> yeah, you guys went to many different areas and I'm gonna have to call Ron. <laughs> <laughs> he says it like call Tyrone. Like the way he says I'm gonna have to call Ron is call Tyrone. <laughs> it's like he needs help. I just got one conspiracy theory that I don't even really think is a conspiracy theory. I think it's been a proven fact now after 2020, but I think that sports is happiness in any community. Because if you look back, 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 back in the day to the Roman days of the Colosseums, they was trying to figure out sports. Now, they lost their minds when they started using humans as the actual sport and was letting them kill each other and become gladiators and all of this stuff. So they lost their mind, but they was on the right track of sports is happiness, sports is entertainment, sports is community. And then when you fast forward to 2020, when the whole world started acting crazy and everything was breaking and everybody's minds was going crazy, what came to the rescue? Athletes in sports. So my conspiracy theory is that y'all better take care of athletes. Stop telling them to not speak out and not stop telling them to do anything because sports is happiness in any community. Respect the sports. Hold That's on. My I, got, I got one last one just for everybody to think okay. about real quick. I want people to really notice if potato chips have gotten more air after the pandemic or is it just me? Like for real, for real though. Like every bag of potato chips seems like is like just a little bit more empty after the pandemic. Well, I'm just saying, making just a take a look and look, notice. Look, Roy is shaking wrong? his head like this is facts. This is he, facts. No, he's, yeah, they're doing the same right. thing for cereal as well. Yeah, they do, they all, all the things are just getting a little bit less and less. 
ridiculous. Is yes. the government trying to tell us something? Like, lay I just off want people of to just take notice and just no, no, to see no. if it's all in my head. They're, they're literally, there's literally a, a study that said that they're doing that. They're literally doing that. So that's something that's been proven. It's peanut wow. butter jars, mm. containers, everything is smaller, wow. but the prices are the same or higher. So she's absolutely right. They did do that and they wow. did that so they can get more across the country. They wanted to make more and smaller doses, but we never got it back. And chips have always been that way. Because I remember one time I got some Doritos. It had five <laughs> chips in it. It had five Girl, the other chips day, in it. Look, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. So the other you. day we got a tea we'll bag see. with no tea in it. Oh, yeah, I was turned up. I was, why y'all got y'all snacks ready right there? I have a uh, bag of Cheetos. This is a snack, the snack bag for uh, Claire, which I promptly stolen for myself. Um, yeah, so this Cheeto bag, as you can see, this is a video right here. This is uh-huh. this big. This amount of Cheetos in it. Yes. Literally. Oh, wow. I'm telling that, you. That's, they, what, that's what they're what doing. Because right you can't there. measure how much air they're putting in. So yeah, they're y'all trying us. In. They're trying to save y'all life. Oh, Here goes seven Cheetos, brother. Don't do well, it. Well, they're trying to live my life. Doritos, Cole. Now go on somewhere. Serena, these are 13 chips. Use them wisely. what you think. A minute on the lips, a lifetime on the hips. If you say so. But we don't have a mess worth of eating. Five chips ain't gonna last you. Eat them in 30 seconds. No. Go, you gonna eat five chips in a minute? I can pick up two and put them in my mouth at one time. What's that? What are you talking about? (laughs) It's chips. It's chips. I like to enjoy my food. You just, you know, sometimes when you're in a hurry, you know how I do. I eat on the go. Y'all seen me eat on here before. I eat on the go. So that's how I do be eating at all times and in the between the times. Perfectly happy with my dad bod. Lord of mercy Well listen That's our conspiracy theories And I'ma just say this right here Don't judge us Coming up next, we got Holly Roman, Award winning reporter And veteran commentator For ESPN and ABC Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. I don't even know where to start when it comes to an intro for you, the person that is Holly Rowe. I mean, an award-winning reporter, but we all know you as the sideline reporter that covers college football, men and women's basketball, softball, the WNBA, commentator for the Utah Jazz. Holly Rowe, people ask me this, so I want to ask somebody else this. Like, do you have more than 24 hours in a day that we don't know about? Have you unlocked that <laughs> secret that we just don't know about? I don't. I have the same 24 hours, but I will say I'm a queen of multi Multitasking. So, for example, I'm coming to you live from the Oklahoma softball offices. I'm basically in a kind of a closet right here <laughs> while they're doing hitting practice because I'm covering the number one Sooners 
Um, I think I'm a really good multitasker. I think that comes from being a mother, and I think I've learned how to do that really well. Oh, I love facts. that. Well, I think you Happy have. Mother's Day. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day to you. And one of the things I had said when I heard you were coming on was that, wow, you know what? I'm surprised Hasbro hasn't invented a game yet that says, where is Holly Rowe and what sport is she? <laughs> she and, you know, that. and they have a man <laughs> and you have to figure out if she's in this city, is she doing baseball? Is she doing football? The Holly Tracker. Yeah, that's what it would be. You know. Hilarious. Like Let's manifest that. That I think I could come up with the good, like the game pieces would be yeah. like my little luggage. There you, you go. see what I'm saying? There, there you go. Like Legs to it. <laughs> But speaking of that, Holly, we know that you're going to be covering, speaking of all the covering that you're doing, you're going to be covering the double header that's coming up this weekend. So you're the one that always has the exciting storylines. Have you gotten any of those for this upcoming? I mean, this could be a lot of people's last season. So what are kind of the things that we're looking towards for this upcoming season? Well, I want to say this. I think the WNBA has never been in better condition. Like this is the best the most excitement, the ratings are up, the businesses that want to be in business with the W, the brand is up. I just feel like, I think maybe that season in the bubble with the collective power of all of these women was the tipping point for the WNBA where everybody could finally see how incredible it is and these women are. I just think we're in a really cool place. So that would be my number one storyline is that the, the W is hot. And how do we maximize that, number one? Um, number two, you mentioned it, Sylvia Fowles, a legend. You played with her. I covered yes. your games when you were on the links. And I just want us to honor her and celebrate her every second of every game that she is playing. Secretly, I did try to do that last year with Sue Bird, and then she messed me up and is back another year. And I'm like, Sue, <laughs> I was celebrating you all last year. Now what am I about to do this year? So, what is it, Tom Brady? Right. <laughs> and, and I don't even know if she's going to commit to being done this season because I think she wants to play. She made a quote once, and I actually found coffee mugs on Amazon with this quote. I'm going to play till my knees fall off. And so I think that that might be what happens with Sue. But, what? you know, just celebrating some of the legends of our game. I did an interview today with the Rookie of the Year, Michaela Onyenwere, and just what she's excited for for the New York Liberty and what are some of her untold stories. So I just think there's a lot of buzz and excitement, and I just can't wait to dig in and start covering all these games. I love that. And so I'm curious because for you as a professional, like you just said, you're covering the Sooners right now, which is softball, and then you're going a couple days later, even a day later, to cover the WNBA, and then you have the Utah Jazz. Sometimes You was hopping on flights there. Like, How do you prepare when you're doing like different sports on a different day? Like, What is that process like? Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, Sometimes people are like, I don't know how you do it. And then I started one so many people said that to me I started wondering myself like I don't know how I'm doing it but I will say this I, I have a system that I have put together for 20 years like I have game boards and every sports game board is different so like my softball chart looks a certain way and so as soon as I set that in front of myself and I start prepping like I don't know my brain can just click into okay what do I need to dig into with Jocelyn Allo the new home run leader swing how is her timing better what is she looking for at the plate and then I put out my Utah Jazz book and it's you know like a chart with every quarter and fouls and all this stuff I don't know I think I've just trained my mind through the years of like this is my sport here's the pocket in my brain that it is and here we go. 
That's crazy. Like that's it's really wild because like when I prepare for the Hawks and then I have to do all league or then I do like college, it's like for people that don't know, it is a real transition because you may know all the players in the NBA, but when you have to cover the NCAA Final Four, it's like, okay, this is a whole nother process. You recently came on with the Utah Jazz and so congrats on that. That's really lit that you just yes, came to, like you're doing everything. So I want to try to cover everything because it's like, wow, Holly, like what? So is there things like when you got the role for with the Utah Jazz, was that something that you wanted to do? You wanted to get in the NBA or is it just like this was an opportunity that presented itself with you already doing so many dope things? Like are things even dope to you anymore at this point? <laughs> no, they are. I'm like a kid in a candy store. Um, I, I was thinking about this on the plane the other day because on my days off, I'll go watch games. I'll go to a game. I'll be like, oh, good. I have a day off so I can go hit this softball game or I can go to this playoff game. And I was like, I think I might have an addiction. Like, yes! I have a legitimate yes! off you go to the games. <laughs> I think I might be a sports addict. And I don't know if I need help for it or if it's like a wonder of all the things I could be addicted to. I feel like it's a pretty healthy one. Very. Yes. But um, the, the jazz just kind of came out of the blue. They approached me about it. And they kind of asked me to do a different role, which is being an analyst. And I've never done that before for the NBA. Um, so it was it was challenging. And Renee, you know this you have to have credibility in the NBA. And so I really, it was a lot of work because I felt like I knew the Jazz well and I knew their players well, but learning the whole league and knowing the rules and knowing what the challenge process is and just like all the intricacies of the league. So I, I would say I'd give myself maybe like a C plus for this season. C plus? I felt like I a. did okay. <laughs> I thought I did okay. But I, I know my standard for myself, and so I was like, okay, so now I know how, what it's going to entail and kind of the workflow. I think I can be better next season. I love that. You're always trying to just outdo yourself. I like that. Because exactly. you're already awesome. AA plus plus to us. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I was going to say. That's why you're successful, though. People that are successful usually do critique themselves at, at such a yes. harsh scale. Because a C plus Holly, no, ma'am. Like, you got to uh-huh. be. No, ma'am. But I always have this saying is like, I, I always look at other people who you know like they make it and and sometimes people turn into somebody that you're like "Mm, I'm not sure if I like that person anymore they were so humble and hardworking when they started out and I don't ever want to be like that so I always kind of have a saying in my mind of I'm only as good as my last report I am only as good as my last game and so nothing that's come before even matters like and I think it's good because then you hold yourself up to this accountability level and you're accountable to yourself, nobody else, you know? It's dope because that's a saying in sports. As yeah, I, know I was going to say, like, did you play sports? Because I hear Renee saying that all the time. I she always says that all the time. Like, don't nobody last... care what you She's did like, that's last an game, mentality. last year, I mean. Yeah, because people have a short-term memory. I say this all the time. It's like no one cares what you did last year. Like people only care what you did last week. And if you didn't do it last week, then they don't care. And so it's dope to hear you bring that same athlete mentality to the booth, basically. And so speaking of the Utah Jazz, what do you think it's going to look like next year for the Utah Jazz? Because they're a team that has a lot of question marks around them. Yeah, it's really hard because, you know, being up close and like I watched every single possession of every game this year. And I'm just going to tell you, Rudy Gobert is one of the most special, unique athletes I've seen. And I really don't understand the disrespect around his name or why people don't appreciate what this guy is doing because I've just never seen a big, this mobile, that can defend like he does. I mean, he can close out on a guard, get back to the basket, time the shot, block it without fouling. There's just a lot to his game that I don't know if everyday people appreciate. 
And I think he's really interesting, and he's kind of like a generational defender, like once-in-a-lifetime type of defender. So how do you trade that? I, I think that would be a mistake. And yet I know that Donovan Mitchell has a certain style and how he wants to play, and do they need to space the floor and be five out so Donovan has more more lanes? But um, I think it would be a mistake to break up the team. I think they have championship pieces in Donovan and Rudy. I think it would be a mistake to break up those two. They do need to get some size and length defensively and some better outside perimeter defenders. I thought that was the biggest thing that hurt them this year. You see teams, and, and I know you see this in your NBA coverage, but like I'm sitting there watching the game against the Milwaukee Bucks, and I'm like, they're just bigger and better than Utah. Like They're just so long. Drew Holiday that's on the ball, defending the ball is 6'4". Big build. I mean, yeah, he's solid. He's solid. I just thought that they were undersized. Yeah, and that's, you know, I love that you say you watched every possession because I feel the same way here with the Atlanta Hawks. You know, I watch every single game and every single possession. So it's like I see that, man, Trey Young really is what they say he is, but a lot of people think it's like empty stats. And you hear these certain terms, and it's like, no, this man is really a killer. And it's just if you get a team around him, he will be. So I really definitely know what you mean when if people aren't watching the possessions, then it's it's hard to pick it out of the stat sheet per se. Yeah, and it's like outside noise. And I think one thing I've learned with the NBA, and this is not a knock on individual people, but I think people need to be holding themselves accountable, is one person in the NBA media will say something, and then everybody else just glams on board and repeats it as fact. And I just think it's kind of lazy. I'm like, no, you need to dive in and watch these teams because some of the stuff I hear people saying, I'm like, that's not accurate, and that's exactly. not right. Nobody takes it. Like, no. they Were they them? watching the same game? Like, it's like, did you just watch the same? <laughs> or did game you I just watch? check the stats? Or did See, you just check the, the stats? Yeah, yeah. Right, and you all know this. There is nuance to everything. You can read a tweet that's 140 characters or 220 now, whatever it is, and you think you know something, and then you go back and you watch the video clip for yourself, and you're like, oh. That wasn't the tone that person said that in. That wasn't what I took from that. That headline is very misleading. And so I think we've kind of become a country of quick reactions, quick opinions with lack of depth and knowledge and context. So I I think I've seen that in the coverage of the NBA. And I'm with you. I started covering Trey Young right here. Um, I'm a stone's throw away from the Oklahoma Sooner Arena where I first covered him for the first time. He's from Norman, where I'm at right now. Oh, that's great. And cool. I, I'm a Trey believer. Is I, I just, you know, I, when I first saw him, I'm like, oh, he's so small. <laughs> I don't know how he'll get his shot off on the league. And then he just finds a way. And so I'm, I'm really proud of that young man. No, definitely. And that, you know, that kind of brings me to, in a sense of just media. You talked about media and you've been in it for a very, very long time. And I'm just curious, like now with social media, having so many different forms of media and forms of reporting, like how have you just kind of seen the the landscape of sports shift now with this new digital space that it's in? Like, I'm really curious for people that were there before a tweet could break a news story, you know, like what are your thoughts like on just how the landscape of, of reporting on sports has changed? I think number one, it's not all bad. I think social media is a powerful, productive, positive tool in a lot of ways because people that might not have gotten attention um, so I'll, I'll give you an example you know a softball play 
um, that nobody would have seen or heard about this young woman that made this incredible play. You can put that out on social and it will go viral and it will gain an appreciation. So I see a lot of positives for social media, particularly for sports that are underreported and undercovered, like our women's basketball for a long time, like softball, gymnastics, volleyball. Shouts to WNBA Twitter. Yeah, I, I think I think it has been a great evening ground for women's sports because the fans have brought the hunger and the and the brands have followed with that. But I do think that accuracy is lost. So I had an, exa- um, an example, a personal example, where someone wrote a headline about my health. This was years ago. Um, and it was inaccurate. And like the Washington Post picked it up, the New York Times, like all these outlets. And nobody checked it. And, and it went viral. Someone from AP posted something and it was not accurate. And nobody reached out to you first. Not one outlet reached out to me to double check or confirm the information not one wow and i was like this is about my health and my cancer and like personal information and no one cares if they're right so i think we um in the media have a greater responsibility to be accurate and listen i i know i've probably done stuff that i'm like i've retweeted or i've been a you know a a person that's done that as well so I think we have a huge responsibility to be more accurate. I love it. I love that, Holly. I love that. Listen, we, we, we just had a whole, we just did a whole segment about that same exact thing where people are just like, well, prove it didn't happen or prove it's not true. And so that just actually just drilled it home. We just talked about that. We just had Yeah, that and I love that, that you are aware enough to even say, hey, uh, you know, yes. I have to check myself to see if it's, if this is right or something. You know, a lot of people aren't even self-aware like that. I go back and I'll look like so if a video clip goes viral before you comment or retweet it, I'll go back and watch the whole thing. Like maybe it's a post game press conference and you got to watch the whole thing because, oh, he wasn't really even talking about that. They took that one little piece out of context and it blew up. And that was a disservice to that person. Mm -hmm. So I, I think we all need to you know, check ourselves a little bit. And so what's the process, though, when if it's you that actually made the mistake? So because, you know, it's like it's so hard now once something goes out there, it's like you can't pull it back and take it back. So like what is the process when a journalist does like make an error and it goes viral? Oh, yeah. I had this happen to me recently. So I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. You're working live on television and things just come out of your mouth sometimes that might not be what you planned. So we're doing the um, post-game trophy celebration for the women's NCAA tournament and South Carolina wins the national championship and a young woman wins the most outstanding player and you all know her Leah Boston she is just absolutely one of my favorite humans on the planet I've covered her a lot I know her well I I flew down to St. Thomas visited her family went to a family dinner with their home I know her grandma I know her aunties you know like I'm really close to this family I'm on the trophy stand, and then this last moment, there had been two Aaliyahs in the game, Aaliyah Edwards from UConn and Aaliyah Boston from South Carolina. And I say, and now your most outstanding player, Aaliyah Edwards, and I say the wrong Aaliyah. And, you know, it's just a brain cramp. Like, yeah, you're just not, going so fast, you know. And it's a slip of the tongue, slight of tongue almost. You should have seen social media. There, there was a man from South Carolina who was like, the cover-up was worse than the crime. And I'm like, cover-up. I, I immediately apologized. I fixed it right then. Then I proceeded to say her mom, dad, sister, aunt, you know, everybody's name. So I'm like, no, I know them. I promise you this was just a, a glitch in my brain. 
but Twitter just blew it all out of proportion. I'm As like, Twitter wow, usually you can't does. You can't make a mistake. You they know? think it's malicious. So whoever that man is out there for South Carolina, you need to just stop yourself. The cover up <laughs> is greater than the crime. Dude, I made a mistake. Like, and I corrected it immediately, and I apologized to her personally. You know, like I don't know what else to do. I, m- I messed up, man. It, it was an honest mistake. Too many Aaliyahs in the brain. I got a lot of Aaliyahs. There's a lot of Aaliyahs, right. but she was cool with it when you apologized to her, right? Like she was fine. Yes. She's like, honest mistake. Don't give it a second thought because she knows I know. And so I want people to just know that because if people are fighting for her, it's like, well, if she's okay with it, and I understand a sleight of tongue. And I was even going to say on draft night, on WNBA draft night. You remembered everybody's aunties, uncles, third cousins first removed as you was walking through and talking. And I'm like, what? How do you even remember all those names? So I definitely can understand that. And I'm glad that Aaliyah Boston had like the understanding to just be cool with it. But that's so did people kind of forgive after apology was sent out on Twitter. Like, is it is it okay now? I think so. I hope so. But you know what was interesting? A lot of it was the um, the Yukon bias, like the people who think yeah. that you have a Yukon oh, bias yeah. over South Carolina. Oh. So they're like, well, that was Holly's way of digging in and saying she's a Yukon. And I'm like, no, no, wow. no, that was just people an just take a story and just run with it. Pop down. Yeah. <laughs> they reach in. What just is reaching. this Yukon bias, Holly? Like, where did it come? Like, why? Where did you it come from? I know where it came from. Yes. I, I've thought about this long and hard because I'm so exhausted with people talking about the Yukon bias. You know what it is? They've won 11 national championships. <laughs> they win. You talk about people who win. You talked about the Yankees when they were winning. You yes. talked about the Lakers when they were winning. You talked about LeBron because he's a winner. You talk about winners. So I just need people out there to stop it with the Yukon bias. I hear cheering. The, I think the softball team's come back in. I think I'm it's sorry. your time to go, Holly. I listen. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna let you go. We know you're reporting live from the Sooners closet, and oh, you're gonna do, you're gonna do amazing. We can't wait to watch you on the double header. Thank you for joining us here on MoCo. Man, uh, anytime. I wish I could, I wish I could talk to you all more because I have questions for mom, for sister. Because you know I covered you going back to the Yukon days. Come back. So please have me on Come again. Back. Yes, and Serena, I'm a huge fan of your singing. Oh, uh, you got me through you, COVID. Holly. I would click on your videos, and you brought me so much peace. You know, oh, I've told you that in person, she but I want to say it publicly. She, she, made, she made me show a little thug tear. But thank you. We're, we're fans. <laughs> we're, such, we're such big fans of you. Honestly, we don't even know how you do it all. Like, stop. You're, you're making my heart flutter. <laughs> Okay, so Mother's Day is coming up and there's these dope commercials from Progressive that talk about, they say, we can't stop you from turning into your parents, but we can help you. Basically, that's the concept of the shows. And I thought on this lovely Mother's Day, we're going to talk about ways that we became our mothers, a.k.a. my snookabooka. What ways have I become snook and Cole become snook and Serena, how she became Miss Lucy, Lord of mercy. And snookabooka going to talk about Fanny Pearl, her girl. But what ways are we becoming our mothers is the conversation. And I'm going to start out right now. I would just say some ways that I become snook is that I like to know what's going on. And Snook is a very inquisitive human. <laughs> and so Coach Oriema had said something to Snook and then one time that it's hard to keep things from me because it's just like I'm going to ask questions because I just like for everything to make sense. And so I'm very inquisitive and I would say I get it from my mama. So that would be one of the ways that I would get this party started and say that I'm like my Snooker booker. Well, could I just add a comment to that since you're <laughs> yes. going to go there? Your dad would just say, 
don't say inquisitive. Just say nosy. Okay? <laughs> That's what but he I calls think you're it. nosy. I think I'm inquisitive. You be looking out the window and trying to see what's going on. And I don't really be caring about that stuff. <laughs> I like to know about what's going on in our world, like in my world. But Snook want to know what's going on all over the world. How many articles you read a day? Probably 15, 20, maybe. You gotta no. be, because you drop about 10 of them yeah, in the chat she, every day. About 10 of them go to chat. Exactly. <laughs> so Snook likes to know what's going on around the world. And this is how we do know what's going on around the world, because of Snook. Yeah, I would say <laughs> that. Renee, Renee is kind of nosy. and She likes to know everything going on. She likes to be in control. And that's good, because she's a businesswoman. <laughs> she's a leader, you know? <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Snookabooka. Okay, okay. <laughs> I get it from my mom. I will say the part I love is that I got from mom. And I love all the parts I got from mom. But one of the biggest ones, I love listening to history, like the history of our family. And I love all of that. And mom, like she said, what she told me recently is that she would sit and just listen to these stories that she would hear her grandmother and her grandfather tell them her because she loved to listen to it. She wanted to hear what was going on. And she was trying to put herself and think about how it was. And I do the same thing. Mom and I will talk. She will tell me these stories. And I will literally just sit and listen. I'll be like, and then what happened, Mom? Like a little kid who's getting <laughs> stories. Like, and then what happened? And then they did what? So I love the fact of family history that mom likes to know the family history. She knows all of it and she likes to pass it. I do the same thing to my kids. So I got that from mom. Another thing I got from mom that it's becoming more and more prevalent every day is Mom will talk to herself, like run down list to herself, and then she'll oh, go, oh, I, I definitely do that. I feel like that's Diddy, <laughs> though. I feel like that's Diddy. Mom does it too. You catch Diddy in a whole conversation, and you might catch me in a whole conversation with myself too, honestly. But that feels very Diddy like. Well, no, Mom does it a certain way because Mom would be doing. Oh, I gotta go over there and do this. <laughs> I, I do that now. It's like it's like she's talking. I'm telling you, I've seen it a million times in my head. When no, I was you're like, right. Why is sure. she talking like that? And then also, I'm in the kitchen going, Oh man, I gotta go get that thing and I'm like that is mom right there now I do have a lot of Diddy qualities too but there's some that are unmistakably mom that's that's what it is I see what's going on here we're going to oh this is Mother's Day route we needed to ask the kids in what way are you because that would be what ways are we becoming our parents it's like I know all the time with with Junior I know I tell him like you know I'm trying to remain calm, Junior. Help me understand because I don't want to go crazy, but this is, I do like this sentimental touch. We have to think of some other things. Yes, Serena. <laughs> well, uh, okay, so that commercial, first of all, it cracks me up every time because they're like, progressive won't let you turn into your parents. But uh, it's, <laughs> I can't it's stop like, you I'm like, I will never turn into my mom, you know, but I am, okay, so I've, I've hit the, you know, the 30s recently and I realized Lord. that uh, <laughs> I realized like that? I realized that I do have more qualities of my mom than I would like to. Like we talk very loud sometimes, and like I don't know where we get it from. But my mom, even my my son uh, Angel, he does. He says, "Why are you guys so loud? Why do you have to talk so loud on the phone?" <laughs> and like even if I call her right now, she will probably just we just talk really really loud on the phone. I don't know what it is. I call think it's her, like call Miss Lucy, I, I, okay, I'm, I'm gonna so we call can tell her Happy I'm Mother's Day. Her. Anyway, because I love how she answers it. Hello, me. And I just tell everybody, like, I'm like, look, we're Dominican. We're from New York. We're loud. Just like we're just loud people. OK, so let me let me see if she answers the phone. Let me. 
and and meanwhile, Roy is saying he's pretty much eight years older than you, Serena. So he was talking like that's something. I'm telling Let's hear. You. Put it closer to the mic. On, I want to hear this ringing. Let's see if she answers. Hopefully, she answers. Because that's another thing I got oh, from my mom. Yeah, she never answers good. her phone, and neither do I. My bad. Miss Lucy, <laughs> <All of> my <laughs> friends. She said she is not gonna my mom. Wow! Wow! That's like that well, meme. It's like how? No, what can you this possibly is... be doing that you're not answering your child's <laughs> your child's No, uh, and this is call. how you're like Miss Lucy because you don't answer the phone on the first time. Uh, no, so exactly. good. I'm That's glad I'm that we're in on this because you don't answer the phone on the first go round. Half the time you don't even know where it's at, and I'll be like, "How can we get a hold of you if you don't know where the device is to get a hold of you?" No, so but you know, you know ways what? that you like. I remember like back in the day when we were li- when I was little, my mom used to call lots of Dominican Republic and like the phone quality wasn't really good. She would talk just really, really loud, you know. So it's like now with FaceTime, we just like yell at each other like the whole time. I'm be like, what you Like, no, you know. So, so you're saying it, it, the think, origin of it comes just from like, the DR. Yeah, yeah. I think we're just stuck in the, in the, the past. Yeah. You know, like we're not you know moving with technology. <laughs> That just made me think of a way that I'm definitely like me, Madre. It's like I play too much. I know I be playing too much. Oh, oh, oh. Renee is a jokester, though. Oh, I play too much. Let me just amen, (laughs) second that emotion. Let me do everything that's going to say yes. They both play way. They play way too much, way too much. And then what's really crazy about it is they try to play with each other and it don't work because no. they play so much. It's like yeah. we can't play with each other because it's like I'm trying to play with you. I'm trying to joke you. You trying to joke me. They don't even believe each other because they be like, Ma, like, Snook, I'm serious. And she'd be like, OK, Renee. She's like, Snook, I'm serious. Like when she's actually serious to, about something. When she's actually serious, when mom doesn't believe her. And then when oh mom's serious, God. Renee's like, Snook, yes. now Snook. Like, right. They can't even believe each other because they both play so much you're absolutely right i've seen that happen so many times like well snook will be like no i'm serious renee and then she'll be like and she'll be like for real she's like no i'm serious you can't be serious and all of a sudden here come an article boom like it's like oh she was serious because you know she got them articles on deck they do that all the time i I really do believe renee followed me more than the other two as far as being a person who likes to do uh pranks on people that's a fact. As a matter of fact, Ooh. I've done some pranks that to this day I can't even disclose them to the people who were pranking <laughs> fear that they'll never speak to me again. So you know what, see? <laughs> we she, play too Facts. much. Facts. That's that's how you know we play too much. <laughs> so what ways do you see yourself turning into progressive? <laughs> progressive. It's several ways because, as you said, Fanny Pearl was my girl. And so when I was growing <laughs> up, uh, since she was uh, a little older than most parents, I ended up doing a lot of the things to help her with her daily chores, things of that nature. And so I guess I could say I went from being her prep cook because she was a great cook and she cooked all the time. And I always had to be the one who washed the vegetables, who cut the vegetables, who, (laughs) you know, get this together, get that together for her. And so I know that now that I love to cook and I never thought I would love to cook because I really hate it being the prep cook (laughs) and getting all that stuff together. So that's one way that I think I'm like her. The other way is I went from a yard helper to a full-fledged gardener. I used to That's hate facts. to see the sun come up. I'd be laying in the bed and you could see the <laughs> sunrise, you know, coming up. I was saying, oh, God, she's getting ready to call me to go outside to work in the garden. I don't <laughs> want to do that. I've been covering up my head. And so now I know that I'm ready for the first thing in the morning. I can't wait till the sun comes up. 
Oh, well, I can get outside and work in my that. garden and my flowers and things. I find a great uh, benefit to me. It's kind of so peaceful and serene. And it reminds me uh, now I know how my grandmother loved it so much. The other thing, and this is probably everyone, when I was growing up, my grandmother would be on me like white on rice about turning the lights off. Turn the lights off. Hey, me too. I'm like that now too. That's Serena. I feel like leave me alone about the lights. Renee leaves on all the lights. And I turn all these lights on. I'm always with the lights. And I've noticed lately that it just gets on my nerves now. There's no one here but me and Diddy. And so I'm on Diddy about. Did you You leave leave Diddy alone? (laughs) You can't leave Diddy alone. That's me. Why did Roy say brown on rice? You said brown on rice. (laughs) and then and then the last thing i guess i would say i've gone from being a mother to a grandmother and so i can realize how much uh, joy and love i receive from my grandmother and i try to pass that love on to all 11 11 of my grandchildren look at our matriarch the matriarch of the family so listen this is a psa and this ain't even sponsored but progressive you should holla at us because (laughs) we can't stop you from turning into your parents but we can help you with listening to another episode of MoCo. Y'all better tap in with us. We're moving right along, baby. Coming up next, we have Pauline Fromer, best-selling author and editorial director of Fromer Guidebooks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Your family has built an empire and is booming with Frommer's Guidebooks, which you are the editorial director, and then you have just a travel show that you're the host of. What is it like having a family business? Did you all set out for it to be a family business when you started, or did it just develop into that? Well, it all kind of was a fluke. 
My father was drafted into the army during the Korean War. And he was in basic training, learning how to go to Korea. And they discovered that he spoke both Russian and German. He was the son of immigrants. He got sent to Europe instead of Korea, which was one of the best things that ever happened, because when he got back, half his troop had been killed in Korea. It was a very, very bloody, terrible war. So he got sent to Europe. It was right after World War II. Nobody was really traveling. They started leaving the base, going places. And when he got back, his fellow soldiers would pepper him with questions. And he thought, well, maybe I should write a little book for them. So he self-published a little book and it became a bestseller in the army. Then he decided to do one for civilians. And that also became the best-selling guidebook of all time. And for about a decade, he did the guidebooks and he worked as a lawyer and then decided that he would give himself fully to travel. And when I was in my 30s. I spent my 20s as an actor. Uh, I decided nice. to join him. Wow, that's crazy. So I love when there's the story origin behind it. Like, well, we didn't set out for traveling, but this is what happened. So you talked about that you were an actress first. I know we have questions. Yeah, we have so many questions <laughs> because the entertainment industry, you still ended up being in the entertainment industry because you're the co-president of Fromer Media. So I'm curious, was your thought process of your acting background what started out to build out the media platform of it? Like, how did that become a thing going from books to all on media? I was an actress for about a decade. Probably the biggest thing I did was I toured the country in the Broadway production of Les Miserables. Um, And I did a lot of off-Broadway. I did a lot of voiceovers. But when you're an actor, you're kind of the product. And I really didn't love that. I didn't love having to worry about my weight I always played teenagers because I used to be very young looking. Uh, So I was (laughs) constantly, you know, finding first love over and over and over. Uh, And (laughs) I decided that the Internet was starting. At that point, we didn't own the Frommer Guides. We had licensed them to a company. At that point, they were called Hungry Minds. They turned into Wiley Publishing. And they brought us back to help uh, start the site. And my father thought, well, maybe somebody younger would be better at this. So he brought me on board. And luckily, nobody knew what they were doing on the Internet at that point. I mean, Expedia debuted after Fromers.com did. This was the very beginning of the Internet. And so even though I had never edited before, nobody had edited for the Internet. And I realized I really preferred creating a product rather than being a product. And it was an exciting time to be on the Internet. I remember the David Letterman show invited our office to be in the audience because internet people were considered cool. We actually got uninvited because we had had more women in the office than men and they wanted more men. But anyway, so So Fromers was the very first of the travel publishers to have a website and we've gone forward with that. 
we're about to sign a contract that's very exciting to do social podcasting through a new website. Uh, we nice. are doing walking tours. We have the books as both ebooks and solid books. And we are trying to uphold the standards for travel journalism, which is difficult to do today because there are so many people out there putting out travel information that's really just disguised marketing. You know, they're paid by the hotel. They're paid by the destination to say nice things about it. And we are trying to be true journalists. And one of the things I'm proudest about in keeping Fromers running is we work with the best local journalists around the world. And I used to say we work with the people from the best magazines and newspapers. Now I have to say we work with the people who used to work for the best local magazines and newspapers because it's been a bloodbath in journalism. So many publications yeah. have closed. So I'm, I'm really proud that we're keeping a lot of journalists working creating our books. That's you know, amazing. that's beautiful that you talked about keeping the journalists working. And yes. you also mentioned something you said, social podcasting. Is that different than regular podcasting? I'm just curious. And you're right, you know, for publications to stay alive during this time, you do have to, you know, it's been a bloodbath. And so I love to see how you guys are pivoting and moving into this new space that I would love to hear about in social podcasting. Well, this is something that that knock wood is about to happen for me. It's definitely happening. There's a website named Call In, which is trying to be a bit like Clubhouse but uh, do you know Clubhouse? It's a it's a yes. social media site that all is people talking to one another rather than yes. typing to one another. Correct. Audio based. Yeah. But on Clubhouse, once the conversation is over, it disappears. This is going to be more about people able to access these conversations <laughs> and they're hiring names. I say names because the other people are names. I don't know if I am, but you're a name. You're a name, no, you're a name now. Come you on are now. definitely a name. <laughs> names in different verticals to lead these conversations and create these podcasts that will be interesting for people to come on board and speak with me and speak with, I think Matt Taibbi is one of the people who's doing this. And there are some other very interesting folks in other verticals. And then if you can't speak to us live, you can listen to the conversations later. Yeah. So it's like you get live callers to call in and then you can save your conversations for a later date. That's really cool. Like you said, traditional journalism is, it, it has been a bloodbath, as you, as you mentioned. It has been a lot of publications closing. In what other ways have you thought about innovating the, the journalism industry moving forward? Gosh, I wonder if it's innovating or getting back to core principles. I like that, yes. So mm -hmm. many people in the travel information business are selling their souls. And we have always kept a very strict line between church and state. We tell our writers who write our guidebooks, you cannot take money from a hotel to put them in the book. We just try and be very strict about core journalistic practices. And that may be an innovation nowadays. I love that. Yes, yeah, definitely. definitely. Which many others are. And so we're trying to prove to our readership that there's value in this. I always tell our, our guidebook writers, every two or three pages, you have to put in something negative because right. you have to show 
that you're the on side. the side of the reader, that you're not just yes. gushing because you have so many people now writing about travel and all they do is gush because they've been paid to gush. So I want our writers to put in the good as well as the bad about a destination because no destination is perfect and there are always ways that. you can do things better i love that so it's very honest and, and you're you're preserving the the journalism culture so to speak i love that i'm someone who i don't want to have to like i'll read reviews but i want to make sure that the v reviews are verified so i even have this thing now where i like as i'm reading reviews i wonder if the reviews are fit paid because I've had places where it'll say, if you write a review for us, we'll give you $5 off or we'll give you $10 off just to write a review. Well, then now a certain amount of the reviews are going to be $10 paid reviews per se. So do I believe it or not? You know, so there's that that limbo. And when it comes to travel, if I want to go on a vacation, I want to know the good, the bad and the ugly, the good. Yes, but the bad Definitely. and the ugly. Right. Well, the good, the five dollar reviews are probably some of the more honest ones you're reading. There are also teams oh, of marketers who are putting up fake reviews all the time. You'd have to be crazy to own a hotel or a hotel chain and not do that. As right. well, when you read a review for a hotel on Fromers.com or in the Fromer guidebooks, you are getting the advice of somebody who's been to every hotel in that town. And so they can actually tell you it's the best. When you go to TripAdvisor, you're getting the, re the review of somebody who's been to exactly one hotel. And they may not know that down the street is a place that's cheaper and better. Oh. I didn't think about that. That's interesting. So I'm curious. Okay, so you're not getting paid by the hotels. You have guidebooks and you have bestsellers, but who pays for the journalist to go to each one around in the city? Because that that is valuable to now have sampled a certain amount to know how to scale them or how to grade them. Who covers that tab and how does that work? Well, we we use local journalists. So the cost of travel is not a thing. So that really helps save us money. As well, we have advertising that's next to the articles. So Got you should you. be able to tell what's an article, what's advertising, and we also sell books. Nice. Got it. Beautiful, beautiful. I love the preservation of journalism and especially in the travel space because it's going to get interesting when travel has slowed down for a little bit and everyone's starting to think about traveling again from where guidebooks might be where you want to go and everything's digital now in a sense of to figure out what to do and we talk about yes we love to talk about building generational wealth so I'm curious what does that mean to the Fromers building generational wealth and having generational inheritance well I run this with my father who's 92 now he's wow. still around oh beautiful uh, so you know it's it's very much a big thing now there is an old spanish saying that says the first generation works like hell to create the business the second generation works even harder to keep it alive and the third generation sells it oh, no oh. no <laughs> i don't know what will happen with my daughters uh, they're both in college right now one wants to be a doctor so she's not going into the family business the other wants to be a rock star and she actually <laughs> okay 
Okay. It look. has a band that they have a song called Sour Candy that's had 7 million downloads on Spotify. Wow. wow. That's amazing. Well, I'm just, this is, I can't help it because we have marketing minds, but there's definitely, if she has a tour and then there's a Fromer guidebook to the places to eat on her tour and the places oh, to go that, wherever oh, she that's, goes. That's smart. I see a lot of synergy there with, <laughs> with her, but I, that, I was going to ask you, you know, how do you feel about that, that you all have built this and, you know, because you, you want your kids to live out your dream and you also want the family business to stay the family business. So what are your feelings there with that? I don't know. It, that's a good question. <laughs> I mean, I played her song at the end of my podcast. It's, you know, and she's an amazing singer and I, I'm hoping we'll still be strong and there will be somebody to pass this along to, but I don't know who that is right now. It could be my, my one of my, uh, the, the people who work for us. I don't know. I love that. Well, you know, just on behalf of people who have rock star dreams, like your daughter and myself, and the daughter of a business owner, I actually didn't see how those two worlds could coincide to begin with. But after a while, you know, you start to become a business person in general. So you never know what's to come down the line. And now I, I wasn't in the cosmetology field as my mom is and my sister, but now my mom didn't think that it would be passed down, but now it is. So you never know what could happen. Yeah, you never know. You never know. <laughs> you never and know. It's, and so, you know, I just, we, we thank you for coming here and joining us on Montgomery and Company because it's great to see family businesses that are thriving. You hear a lot of times people tell you, don't work with family, keep family and business separate. And there's great examples of families that are not only building, but they're, they're growing and they're blossoming. And the Fromers are one of those. So thank you, Pauline, for joining us here on Montgomery thank and Company. You. Thank you. Well, it's my absolute pleasure. Always nice to meet a fellow traveler summer 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 time i'm sorry it's been stuck in my head since we started earlier but listen on a serious note mother's day is coming up and i really do recognize that everyone doesn't have their mom on this day so my thoughts and prayers are with you all if you're not able to be around your mom but if you are able to hug and kiss on your mom you should do that and speaking of loving on your mom and showing love i want to show love to the wba because the season opener is this weekend May 6th starts the whole WNBA season opener. I'll be covering that doubleheader on NBA TV. But then on Saturday, May 7th, that is when the Atlanta Dream season starts. And I'm so excited to watch us compete. And speaking of, I'm going to start my little Dear Diary thing. Maybe every week, maybe not, because sometimes I might be sad. But Dear Diary, I'm really excited that May 7th we tip off. And it's going to be lit because this is a different feel this year. Tunisia has players ready to run through a wall. Speaking of Dear Diary, come on, Beast. In the Fan Control Football League, we got a team, Beast. We need a dub. Tap in with us next week where it's a generational thing. I'm home. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.